This is a special encore presentation of Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. In this episode, Father Jim and his brother Father Tony discuss St. John Newman, Blessed Carlo Acutis, miracles, and modern events. Your Atlanta Catholic Radio Station, AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Steph Ike, and I'm joined in the studio today by Jack Tyson, and we have Rachel Miller at the board with us, and Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And today we are extra blessed because we have his brother, Father Tony Blunt, here in the studio with us today. And we're going to be talking about our current world today. But first, we know that all good things start in prayer. So, Father Jim, would you lead us in an opening prayer today? I know we we got off to a little bit of a late start, and I think that that was maybe, what would you say that is, Father? Like uh, That was a little bit of interference on Election Day. Yes, that's from the what enemy. I think. We've already started the show already seven minutes ago, but somehow we weren't on the air. So we're going to start again. Yes. That's what a Christian does. He just brushes off his pants. He gets up and he keeps going. Right. So we were already attacked, which means this show is extremely important. That's correct. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My beautiful God, we are in love with you and we want to love you more. If truth be told, O Jesus, we want to love you with Mary's, the Virgin's perfect love. We pray this grace for the whole church and for all of Atlanta and Georgia as well. May we love you with Mary's perfect love and with Joseph's love. We thank you for the gifts of our lives. We thank you for our families. We thank you for the Quest radio station, which seeks to proclaim your saving word to all the peoples of the world. Heal us, Lord Jesus. Strengthen us. Give us peace. And during this day of runoff election, we ask you, we beg you to protect unborn children. Please do not let anybody, Lord, give support to those who would slaughter our children. We beg you for pro-life leaders in Georgia and throughout the world. Amen. 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 I'd like to share a scripture verse, if that's okay. That'd be great. This is Psalm 37, and this is from really from today's liturgy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Team, would you, would you say these after me, these lines from Psalm 37? Sure. This yes. is a psalm for our time, and for this day, it's really a time for, for war, a prayer for war. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do, do not, not fret because, because of the wicked. wicked. Do not envy those who do evil. Do, do not envy those who do evil. For they wither quickly like grass. For they, they wither quickly like grass. And fade like the green of the fields. And, and fade like the green of the fields. If you trust in the Lord and do good. If you trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live in the land and be secure. Then you will live in the land and be secure. If you find your delight in the Lord, if you find your delight in the Lord, He will grant your heart's desire. He will grant your heart's desire. Commit your life to the Lord. Commit your life to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. Trust in him, and he will act. So that your justice breaks forth like the light. So that your justice breaks forth like the light. Your cause like the noonday sun. Your cause like the noonday sun. 
Be still before the Lord and wait in patience. Be still before the Lord and wait in patience. Do not fret at the man who prospers. Do not fret at the man who prospers. A man who makes evil plots. A man who makes evil plots. To bring down the needy and the poor. To bring down the needy and the poor. Calm your anger. Calm your anger. Forget your rage. Forget your rage. Do not fret. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. It only leads to evil. A little longer. A little longer. And the wicked shall have gone. And, and the, the wicked, wicked shall have gone. gone. Look at his place. Look at his place. He's not there. He's, He's not, not there. there. But the humble shall own the land. But, but the, the humble shall own the land. And enjoy the fullness of peace. And, and enjoy the fullness of peace. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it, As it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God always wins, brothers and sisters. He always wins, and so does his beautiful mother. And we want to proclaim and decree and claim liberty and victory and conversion over these United States of America. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll say one more prayer because we were specifically asked to do this, the unity prayer. That's the prayer that has an imprimatur, it was given to a great mystic in Hungary that blinds the evil spirit. It blinds him and paralyzes him. So this is the unity prayer. I'll ask the team to say this after me as well, to blind all evil against Georgia, against the election, and against our country. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My adorable Jesus. My adorable Jesus. May our feet journey together. May, May our, our feet journey, journey together. together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May, May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May, May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together. May, May our lips pray together. To gain mercy from the Eternal Father. To gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. 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 God save Georgia. God save the United States. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. That was beautiful. And the scripture reading that you gave us, again, would you remind us where we could find that in the Bible? Because it was so appropriate for today that I think we will have some listeners that would like to maybe bookmark it, maybe even pray it tomorrow as well. Yes, it's so appropriate. It's Psalm 37. Psalm 37. It's from the book of Psalms in your Bible, about probably about halfway through your big fat Bible, you'll uh -huh. find the book of Psalms. Yep. Okay, great. Great. Thank you so much for that powerful start for us. And we did mention that we have the great honor of having Father Tony Blunt in the uh, studio with us today. And Father Tony did a great homily for us this morning and shared some insights on uh, the, what we're celebrating today, which is the Feast of 
St. John Newman, and I'm understanding that it's actually pronounced Neumann. Is that yes. right? Yes. And Father, would you mind giving us some background information on this beautiful saint? And I know that a lot of our listeners would really appreciate hearing more about that. Yes, St. John Neumann, he was the first uh, Catholic bishop canonized from America. And I'm not sure he was the first man canonized, but he might have been that too. He came from Bohemia, um, which I think would be the Czech Republic today. And 18... 18- 31, he got to the United States uh, to be a missionary. He wanted to proclaim the good news in this country, which at that time was very, it still is, but at th- those times, very missionary territory in the United States. He wanted to proclaim the good news to those most in need, so he came here. He could have had a much easier life where he was in Bohemia, but he thirsted to do this. God was really guiding him. He was ordained a priest in 1836. And this man's remarkable, Steph, for a lot of reasons, because he, he was a man filled with zeal and love for God and for his people. Mm-hmm. Filled with zeal. So he longed to proclaim the gospel to those who were most needy. And the farther out, the better, you might say. That's, that's the way he was. He became a redemptorist. He wasn't a redemptorist, but he became one. That's a, a, in the church, there's an order called the redemptorists, and their gift is really to proclaim the gospel like that. I mean, it really is to preach retreats and everywhere. So he became a dangerous. So he, he, he proclaimed the gospel, and then he became, uh, to his surprise, I think, most of all, a bishop. He became the fourth bishop of Philadelphia. And he did some remarkable things. Um, his great love for God's people was evident to everyone. And one thing he did was really important, Steph, was he founded what, what is called the parochial school system. He founded parochial schools, in other words, parish schools, that was not a common thing. Mm-hmm. And he founded that, and it spread all over this country. Um, so parishes having schools right attached to them was really his doing. And that was a remarkable thing in itself already. And that was a beautiful, zealous thing he did for God's people. And he did something else also that is should be known about. It's called the 40 hours devotion. I'm not sure if he invented this. Certainly he was the one, it's, it's always, uh, his name is always mentioned with this devotion. 40 hours of adoring our Lord and the sacrament. And the 40 hours, I think, have to do with Christ's passion. Um, I think maybe going from Holy Thursday to, to his crucifixion, something like that. There's 40 hours I forgot exactly what it has to do with his passion mm-hmm. of adoring Christ and about sacrament. So again, John Lumen is a good example to us, uh, Steph, of a zealous man who proclaimed the good news to everyone. Well, thank you for that. I think there were little parts of that that a lot of our listeners wouldn't have known or are probably a little fascinated with right now. So thank you for sharing that. I know I learned something today. Can I say something there, Steph? Yes. I always learn from my brother when he talks. <laughs> He's so good. And but the thought that comes to me is this, that there's a call then. Um, from this American saint. There's a call that we should be missionaries of the Eucharist. We see those two themes in particular as Father Tony was speaking. He was a man of the Eucharist and a, a missionary. And so we need to rouse ourselves up. Georgia and the country is asleep. Mm-hmm. And we need to come awake. There's so much danger in our world, even right now, even with this election. But we need missionaries and missionaries who bring all of God's people to the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. missionaries of the Eucharist. So may God grant this gift to everyone who hears this broadcast to be a missionary, as Father Tony said in his homily, a tireless missionary 
who bring people, including teenagers, to the Eucharist. Father Tony, it's it's great to meet you today. I've I've heard you on the air before, but it's great to meet you in person, Father Jim. Great to see you again. Thank you. As uh, as usual, and and thanks, Father Tony. Uh, 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 Saint John Newman was my parish in Gwinnett County for many years, and I uh, apparently was mispronouncing the name for, <laughs> for a long time. And as a product of the parochial school system from uh, New York City, I, I also had no idea that that Saint John Newman founded that system in the U.S. So. Yes, you do always learn something from your brother, Father yes. Jim, <laughs> and 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 we always learn a lot from you. Obviously, every every week you should see Steph is sitting there taking notes right now. I have my ring binder. We fill up our 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 show notes with notes just listening to you. So hopefully our listeners are, are doing the same thing. But before we got started today, you were talking a little bit about uh, Carlo Acutis. Yes, and we have discussed him. Uh, on the air a couple other times, but the response we get anytime you share stories about him is really overwhelming. Can you just share with the audience what you were telling us over lunch today? Yes, um, he's one of our brand new saints in the Catholic Church. He's blessed right now, and his body is partially incorrupt, and he is, by the way, the first saint in the history of the Roman Catholic Church to be buried right now in blue jeans. He's the first saint actually to be buried in blue jeans, and I think that's awesome. I think that's a Neil Diamond song, isn't it? Buried in blue jeans? (laughs) You're close. We need my brother. My brother's a musician as well. We need Father Tony to write a song about Father uh, Blessed Carlos forever in blue jeans in heaven. So Carlos Acutis is a handsome boy. He was a talented boy, intelligent. He played played soccer, well-rounded kid. And he was virginal. He was very, very pure. He loved Our Lady. He loved the Eucharist. And he died of leukemia, quick onset leukemia. He was diagnosed one day. Three days later, he was dead. Mm. He never complained even once. And he offered his sufferings for the Holy Catholic Church and for the Holy Father. Mm. He's a brilliant example. And he was taken by the Eucharist. He converted his mom and dad to the Holy Catholic faith. They uh, did not go to Mass at all. He brought them. He dragged, he drugged them to Mass, you might say. He dragged <laughs> them there. And he was the instrument of their conversion and his whole family as well. And he was very concerned about reaching other teenagers. He was so concerned that his fellow teenagers did not love the Lord. And he begged the Lord and prayed for several years. How do I get them to you, Jesus? And he was finally given what we call a light or an inspiration. He began to look up all the Eucharistic miracles in the history of God's true church. And he began to catalog them on the computer. He was a computer wizard. And he made a display of all the approved Eucharistic miracles in the history of the church and began to promulgate that to spread it among the youth. And that began to have great fruit immediately. The Vatican published his work. The Vatican did. And now you can find it on the Internet. I understand 20,000 Catholic parishes across the world have printed his work and displayed them in their parishes. 20,000. Outstanding. A 15-year-old boy. And we need him as an example. Uh, St. Louis de Montfort and others said that in the final days, God would raise up among the teenagers. He would raise up among the teenagers, among the youth, the greatest saints in the history of the world. This has been prophesied by a number of saints, even St. Therese of Lisieux hinted at this. And so what's most remarkable is that prophecy was repeated in our time. 
His mother, Carlo's mother, of course, is alive and well, Mrs. Acutis. And St. Francis of Assisi has been appearing, yes, right now, to the mother of Blessed Carlo in her dreams. By the way, Blessed Carlo has appeared, too, to his mother. And St. Francis has been speaking to Mrs. Acutis. She's had prophetic dreams, which is a a charismatic gift of the church. St. John Bosco had prophetic dreams. And Francis appeared to Mrs. Acutis last year and told her something that was startling. The first thing he told Mrs. Acutis in Italy by the way, she's alive. You can see her on the YouTube, her testimony. She's a beautiful, wonderful woman. St. Francis told Mrs. Acutis, first thing, your son, Carlo, occupies a very high place in heaven. Oh, how wonderful. How's that for a teenage saint? Mm. A very high place in heaven. Mm. He's probably right next to Thomas Aquinas and Francis of Assisi, right, right. there. So it shows you that becoming a great saint does not depend on, you might say, your state of life or on how many college degrees that you have. Mm -hmm. It has to do with sanctity, with being on fire in love for God. Mm -hmm. So St. Francis, who's considered by many, even by many theologians, to be the greatest saint in the history of the Catholic Church, next to Mary and Joseph, the greatest saint of all time, he's telling Mrs. Acutis, your son occupies a very high place in heaven. And then Francis repeated the ancient Catholic prophecy. He told Mrs. Acutis, when your son is canonized, he didn't say if, when he's canonized, then God will let loose a current of the Holy Spirit. He will flood the world with the Holy Spirit and raise up a veritable generation of saints among the teenagers when Carlo is canonized. Mm. Now, the amazing thing is this. He was just beatified a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And Carlo appeared to his mother before his beatification and told his mama, he says, Mama, he says, I will be beatified soon. And shortly thereafter, I will be canonized. And so I'm getting the Holy Spirit goosebumps right now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> because he just was beatified. So we want to pray that God moves Pope Francis to canonize him soon, soon, soon. Because Georgia can't wait. The world can't wait. Our children are dying. They need to rise up. This will be our marker from heaven. When beautiful Carlo is canonized, then God will send forth the special grace promised to the church. And our children, it makes perfect sense because God is a God of justice. And the children of these days have experienced more filth, more darkness, more of the diabolical than any generation in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. They, have been, they have been cheated. It's unfair what they've gone through. They're dying and they're suicidal. They're demonized. They're hurting. They're sad. They're depressed. It is time for the rescue. And God is, if nothing else, he's a rescuer. He's a savior. We ask the Lord to save our teenagers and to raise them up. And may every single teenager in Georgia and this country become as holy as Carlo Acutis. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, you know, I've got a question for you about teenagers, young people, since you're talking about that. But I'm going to hold it till after the break because Rachel is telling me it's time for a break. I know it's going to be a quick one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. 
The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. I don't know about you, but I feel like before I had kids, I was going to be the best and greatest mom in the entire world. I had these dreams and these, um, I was going to do crafts with my kids. I was going to be patient all the time and never yell or scream or get frustrated. And then when I had a child, it was much different. I feel like the Lord handed me a really hard baby who was um, colicky and crying all the time. And I realized I, it was just a lot harder than I was expecting. I was recovering from a C-section and I just didn't know what to do. And so I had to rely on him that much more and pray like, okay, Lord, give me the grace. I don't know what this baby needs. Help me, help me in this moment. So if that's you right now, just know you are not alone and turn to the Lord and ask for prayers, okay? Just ask, he's there, he wants to help. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. human rights, starting with life, come from God. Government exists to protect those rights, not to tamper with them. Only those who understand this should be elected to public office. Candidates who are pro-choice on abortion do not belong in public office because they contradict the very purpose of government. This is Father Frank Pavon. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you too. One listener shared. I don't know what I would do without The Quest. Every day I get an update on the Catholic Church and hear inspiring stories. I thought I knew a lot about my faith, but I'm learning something new every time I tune in. I feel connected to a larger Catholic community. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. everyone. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heaven's Light, and we're broadcasting from the AM 1160 studio this hour. I'm Steph Ike, and I'm joined in the studio by Jack Tyson, Rachel Miller at the board, Father Jim Blunt, and his father, his brother, (laughs) Father Tony Blunt. So we're back talking about a lot of interesting things today. And you were just talking, Father Jim, about um, the young people and St. Carlo Acutis. Is it Acutis or Acuta? Acutis, isn't it? Is it it's either Acutis or Acutis? Acutis or Acutis. Yeah. Okay. And... From what we're getting to know about him, he's a wonderful example for young people. And I understand you just had a retreat over the weekend for young people. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. One of the joys of my ministry is working with various religious around the state of Georgia. And I'm also working with the Missionaries of Charity in Atlanta. They're a beautiful set of nuns. And I help them with various things. And we decided to do their youth retreat at our place in Covington or outside of Covington. So we did a group of teenage girls on Saturday and a group of teenage boys on on Sunday. And the Holy Sisters were with me to help me. We had a beautiful family come from Nashville. It's a family that works in the ministry. They have a full-time ministry. And one of their sons is an amazing musician. He sang and led the music. So we had quite a beautiful and joyful retreat. I would say it was rather strong. We preached rather strong. 
Our young people, um, they need life. In a way, they're like the walking dead, many of our young people. Mm-hmm. Even those who, who go to church sometimes seem among the living dead. And so we preached and ministered very, very strongly. And the family that was ministering with me, the mother of the family was quite a preacher and quite a, tes- quite a testimony herself. So we had a joyful time. Then on Sunday, we did the boys. And halfway through the retreat with the boys, I had to leave to celebrate a mass at another church. And on my way back, the retreat was going very well, but I was praying my rosary driving back from McDonough back to Covington. And I was asking the Lord for special graces. The retreat was going exceedingly well. But in my heart of hearts, I was deeply concerned. Because what our young people need and what the church needs is, is even something more than preaching. And my brother and I, we preach by the Holy Spirit. We do preach strongly. We preach the truth. But even something more than that is needed. We need, you might say, the witness of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And as John Paul said, John Paul said every teenager needs an experience of God. Not just to hear about him, but an experience of the Holy Spirit. And so as I was driving back to rejoin the retreat, I was begging God with tears, Lord, help us, help us. I know we're doing well, but it's not good enough. We don't want fame or fortune. We want these young men to accept you and one day to enter heaven. We want their sanctification. We want their conversion. Help me, Lord, do something, do something deeper, more powerful to save these young men. And so when I got there, I began my next talk in the evening, and I spoke about a Eucharistic miracle I've seen several in my own masses where blood has appeared on the host. And I share with them one of those stories, which is such a mind-blowing story for all of us, myself included, preach about the blood of Jesus. And then I had the young musician lead us in a song. And as he led the song, the Holy Spirit moved me to set up the altar for adoration. We were going to do it anyway, but the Spirit said, now, don't wait. So I set up the holy altar while the young man was leading our teenagers in a praise song, put the candles up, put the angels on the altar, put the monstrance there. And then I opened the tabernacle to take the Lord out of the altar for solemn adoration. The young man who was a musician began playing the Tantumergo or one of the Eucharistic hymns. I took the Lord out of the altar, placed him in the monstrance, went around to my place as a presider and knelt in front. As I looked up at the Lord, he was looking back at me. Oh, In the consecrated hose, the face of Jesus, absolutely visible in black and white, was looking at me with a profound and beautiful look. It was something, it was a serious look. It wasn't like, like goofy or super smiley, not at all. It was a serious look. It was not hateful or angry. It was like serious, like the Lord was saying, come to me, come to me, come to me, your Savior. Come and pray, come and pray. His eyes were deep and pleading, and the long hair you could see, like like a Jewish man Mm -hmm. with real pronounced eyebrows. And I saw him there. It was quite beautiful. It's been a few years since I've seen that in the host, never this particular image. And so I said it out loud very gently, The Lord is now looking at me in the host. He's right there in the Eucharist looking at us now. When I said that, the ministry team who were behind me in the first row cried out because even from their place, they could see him as clearly as I could from like eight feet away. They said, yes, we see him. And so we prayed to Jesus double 
because he was there, body, blood, soul, and divinity, but he was also giving us an extra miracle to allow us to see his beautiful visage, his beautiful face. Mm. And so we prayed to him with fervor, and I, I thought, I felt sorry for all the teenage boys because we we're stretched out across the chapel with social distancing. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? If the boys want to come forward and see the Lord better, come by the communion rail. They all jumped up in mass and came forward. And all the boys were seeing Jesus in the host. Oh, wow. it's amazing. And it was profound. The feeling, you could cut it with a knife, the feeling of the Holy Spirit. And it was that point I was to teach them another new revealed prayer from Africa, given to a teenage boy in Africa called the blood of Jesus. And so the name of the boy is Barnabas, which means God encourages us. It means the son of encouragement. And so I taught those teenage boys the prayer given by Our Lady to another teenage boy in the presence of the Lord who's looking at them in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so we said, most, I said, most precious blood of Jesus Christ. And the boys answered, save us in the whole world. Oh. And I've never heard those boys ever pray so powerful as they did then. We prayed it more than 250 times in a row. We prayed 10 for any boy with depression. We prayed 10 for any boy who was sad. 10 for anybody who was suicidal. 10 for anybody who was struggling with marijuana or drugs. 10 more for anybody with alcoholism. 10 more for anybody who's worried about their mother or their father or their siblings. We prayed over and over again for sexual purity, for friendship, for the healing of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And those boys responded on fire. They were standing behind. We all prayed it together, the whole group and the team. It was such a moment as if heaven had come down to Covington. How God answered our prayer to make himself real and to give our young people an experience of his love. It was phenomenal. Nobody wanted to go home. I'll bet. The boys were scheduled to leave at 5. That was their plan before they got there. None of the boys wanted to leave either. They didn't leave until after 9.30 or 10 that night. <laughs> and the Lord was still on the altar. He was still visible. Some of the teenagers in my community in Covington heard about it. They raced there, and with tears, they begged us not to put the Lord away so they could pray more after midnight. Our teenagers. Is God great or is God great? God is God great. God is great. Amen. Amen. And my wonderful brother, Father Tony, came to visit me um, yesterday. And I brought him down to the chapel. To, we had to do our psalms, our prayers. And Father Tony had an experience as he was leaving. I don't think he could see the Lord clearly like we could. There, was, there were a few who could not, but they received another gift. So, Father Tony, what was your experience when you were in the chapel last night? Well, I was about to leave the chapel because I'd finished all my prayers. Uh, but I found that I couldn't leave. As if something was, it was really fascinating. Like something was holding me there in the chapel. It, was very, it wasn't a, a bad thing. It was a beautiful thing. But uh, it was really quite amazing. I simply was not allowed to leave. And it had to do with the presence of the Lord and the host uh, that was so strong. And that lasted for like 20 minutes or at least, maybe longer. And I didn't mind it whatsoever that I couldn't leave. It was, it was quite wonderful. I could see you, Father Tony, from back. I was in my pew in back, in about halfway down the church. I could see Father Tony, and I could see that he was being mesmerized, that the sweetness, the sweetness of the Lord. What does the Bible say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. I could see the sweetness of the Lord drawing my brother. I was watching it. It was almost like a, a holy picture book, watching my brother, that God was ministering to him and loving him. 
So we thank God that priests and the holy nuns, Mother Teresa's nuns, they saw the Lord too. They were overwhelmed. That priests and religious adults and teenagers were visited by Jesus in Georgia this week in a profound and powerful way. Thanks God for God. Beautiful. That's that's awesome. That's just awesome. I mean, just think of the path that those kids can be on now. They'll never have another experience like that. Well, maybe they will, but but the uh, the, the, I don't know how you top that as as an experience. I tell you, all I would say is this, Jack, is that every youth minister and every priest who has a youth group, we want to pray from the bottom of our hearts. We want to preach well. Yes, but something more than that is needed. We need God. We need God. Not just to talk about God. We need God to come into the church and for him to touch the young people and draw them to his father and to himself. So I would encourage every youth minister who's listening, whether priest, religious, or laity, to pray from the bottom of your heart, to tear open your heart, and to pray with tears. Because I do believe that God is a generous God. And if we pray sincerely and deeply and passionately, he will come through. And he will help every youth minister who's listening to reach their young people, maybe in another way, but just as beautiful, in some special way. Kids need to see something. That's what Pope Paul VI said. St. Pope Paul VI said that today, young people, they need something more than teachers. He says they need witnesses. He says if they, if they are teachers, they have to be witnesses too. But they have to have witnesses who've seen and tasted the Lord, and they need to see and taste him themselves. Well, it's it's the influence of the peer group, right? That's that's how they learn. That's how they communicate with each other now is is peer to peer. So if somebody from among their peers can witness to them, it carries so much more weight. Mm-hmm. See, and if God can break through in a supernatural way, if we think about it, the Catholic Church was founded on miracles. Mm-hmm. We tend to poo-poo them today, which is crazy. Like we're putting our wisdom against God's wisdom. When God spread the church with the 12 apostles, why did people come? Because people were healed every day. The blind began to see. People who were paralyzed began to walk. There were miracles of every kind, including people bilocating and being trans- transported across the, across the globe supernaturally. These, we need these miracles again because we're living in a world of materialism where we just believe what we see and touch. And so if that's where we're at, we need God to give them a miracle they can see and touch to witness to our young people that God is more real than real. They need to see something or to feel something. That's just the words of Pope Paul VI and Pope John Paul. Our kids need to experience God. Not just a concept, not just an idea, but a person who loves them and who touches them. Somebody who's real to them. Somebody's yes. definitely real to them. The uh, just last night, my wife and I were sort of flipping channels, and we we came across a, a television show about uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and and I said to my wife, I go, "Are you familiar with this story?" Because she's a RCIA graduate of only ten years ago or so, and uh, and she said, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm familiar with this." Well, then we started watching it, and I realized how much of it was unfamiliar. And I thought they did a really good job because it wasn't so much about the Tilma and, you know, all, all of that. It was more about the effect that it had on the Mexican people, right? Uh, what was it? Nine million conversions in seven years. And, and when you look at it from a historical perspective, the, you know, what was going on in that Mayan culture before that was 
awful. It was just awful. But Our, Our Lady fixed all of that. And Jack, you hit on it. It was nothing less than human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's what she stopped, you see? That's right. They were killing right. one another, actually pulling the hearts of people out of their bodies. Unbelievable. And we are back to the same place today. We even have presidential candidates who are for the killing and the slaughter of unborn children and call themselves Catholic. We're back to human sacrifice again. And we need the same woman to rescue us, the Virgin Mary to rescue us from human sacrifice is what we're doing. It has to stop. It cannot go on. God will not permit it any longer. It's time for it to come to an end. Well, and yes, absolutely. And, you know, as, as you know, and the listeners know, today is runoff election day in Georgia, and we've all been just inundated with these political ads since November. You know, every every uh, time you turn on a television or radio, you're getting inundated with these ads and mailings and all of that. But very few times has the topic of abortion been discussed or put out there it's almost like people are afraid to take a position and but for catholics that is that's the issue of all issues isn't it there's there is no bigger issue that's right yes i want to ask father tony to speak on that for a moment and then i'll pitch in father tony what are your thoughts on this about the role of abortion and pro-life in voting for our candidates and running our country well father jim we simply uh it's a real challenge to us, you know, as Catholic Christians. We, we just can't, even from the human point of view, how can we, we can't vote for people who go against fundamental human rights. Uh, there's nothing more fundamental. And it doesn't matter what else they, they say about themselves. Anyone who's for legalized murder, can, you know, we have to, something has to happen here. How can this be happening in our country? So Catholics, we have to, we have to, cons- we have to, Take this very seriously. We cannot vote for these uh, brothers and sisters, these people um, who are even using the name Catholic oftentimes and are really despising the church's doctrines, which come from God himself. I just mean basic principles of the natural law that are written on every human being's heart. As Pope Francis has said just recently to some people in Argentina, this is not ultimately even a religious issue. It's based on the natural law. It's written on the human heart. In fact, Pope Francis says that it really amounts to hiring an assassin. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what these politicians are actually in favor of. And uh, it's really a a disgrace. Amen. So Catholics, we we have to, uh, and all Christians, and all people of goodwill, um, we just can't let things go in this direction. Yes, you and Jack both hit it, Father Tony, is that we're trying to, like, first hide it under the table or not talk about it. Or pretend like this is just one issue out of many, a minor issue. It's absolutely everything. And one of my thoughts I've had for years now is, well, let's say um, a candidate, whatever position he's running for, he's going to promise me to say new roads, you know, and free electricity and promise me A, B, C, and D. How many babies do I need to kill to be worthy to receive what he's offering me? He's saying, I'm going to give you lower taxes. I'm going to uh, give you lower utility rates. And, but just let me kill your children. But uh, I'll do this. Let me kill your children. But I'll give you this. But let me kill your children. What in the world are we doing? What are we thinking? There's something here of a satanic subterfuge over the nation and over the populace. You can't even kill one baby for any reason whatsoever. 
And we're killing more than a million every year in this country alone. What are we thinking? What are we doing? We can't kill one more baby for any excuse whatsoever. This is in insane what we have done. The entire Catholic Church and every leader of the church should stand up with one voice and really be willing to offer our lives in martyrdom to stop the slaughter of the innocents. This is not just an issue. All the other issues fall beneath this. This is above everything else. It's, it's not even an issue. It's above everything else. We have to bring this to an end. And not even to mention the other reality is that abortion is a blood sacrifice to Lucifer. It is a blood sacrifice to the evil one. We are empowering Satan to, to destroy our young people and our country by offering him the blood sacrifice of our innocent children. We are empowering the devil. It has to come to a stop right now. And I'm so impassioned that I want to ask my team if we could please play three Hail Marys. I'm about to, I'm about to start to weep. Mm -hmm. We can pray three Hail Marys that God would bring it to the forefront of every Catholic, of every bishop and every priest, that we must bring it into abortion and not in any way bow to this in any way whatsoever. Three Hail Marys for a complete into abortion for the conversion of the human race. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, Mother of new life, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Paul the Great, pray, pray for us. St. Mother Teresa, pray, pray for us. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray, pray for us. All of you saints and angels, pray, pray for us. I remind everyone that our beloved St. John Paul the Great actually said this. He said, the future and the fate of America depends entirely and completely on how we treat the unborn child. Amen. 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 You're right, Father. As Catholics, too, we have a real responsibility in this and and uh, protecting life and and just not only praying for it, voting for it, um, spreading the word about it, being passionate about it. It is our responsibility. And today, you know, is a very important day in Georgia. And, uh, you know, it's really a day that's critical not only for Georgia, but for the whole country and the future of the whole free world. And here we are in Georgia. Us Georgians have this incredible responsibility today uh, to bring this process forward. And we're praying for a, a, a good and free election. 
and we're taking on a lot of responsibility as Georgians and we're hope Georgians and we're hoping that everybody gets out there and, and and votes but what are your thoughts today I think we've probably got a few more minutes left we'd love to hear what you have to think or have to say about uh today and our role as Catholics and as voters and where are we so, you know, my deepest thought is this, to try to say this, you know, as delicately as I can, my brother can certainly pitch in on this, but I am deeply concerned about voter fraud and corruption. Mm-hmm. And it, the fact that these voting machines are all computerized, I remember when I was 18 voting for the first time for president. I voted in every presidential election since I was a boy. And I saw these computers introduced, and my first thought as a kid was, are they out of their minds? <laughs> to vote by computer? Even a teenager knows better than that. And it turns out that our computers are our voting computers right now are hooked up to the internet. Yeah. I know teenage boys who can hack into it this afternoon and change the votes. Mm-hmm. We are insane. We've become insane as a nation. We're blind. There should not be computer voting. And so the possibilities for fraud are exponential. And the proof is becoming more and more clear. There's been massive fraud. I understand there's another team that was just put together, about 150 um, men who are retired, men and women from the Secret Service and other investigative agencies who are pro-truth. They're coming together just this week to investigate the fraud with all their technical expertise, what's happening across the country. But I'm so concerned about this. It's It's not a minor issue. We are stealing these elections. This is, first of all, is dishonesty. It's one of the Ten Commandments. We are not to bear false witness. This is not minor. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, if you are cheating votes, this is criminal. It's actually a form of treason. It's a very serious offense is what's happening. And it's happening on a large scale. I want to beg every listener right now, please to pray for honesty. That God and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Angels will guard every voting machine in Georgia. I would not, I would be happy if all the power goes out in Georgia right now. Mm-hmm. So we can't even calculate through computer, do paper ballots. We need to return to paper ballots. We ask God to surround every polling station to stop all forms of corruption and to make not only our election, but our country honest again. It all begins there. How did Satan make Adam and Eve fall into mortal sin? It began with a lie. Mm -hmm. It all begins with a lie. And if somebody is lying to get elected, what does that say about them? And their motives. And so we want to return to honesty in our country, in our elections. We beg everyone who's listening today, please pray for honesty in these elections today and tonight, and that any fraud will be exposed. We pray that God's perfect will will be done in our country. Mm. May he save our unborn children. Amen. Amen. Can I share with you one quick story? Yes. From Padre Pio, one of my favorite saints. This is a very, maybe a good place to end. I love St. Padre Pio. And there was a woman who came to Padre Pio for confession. He heard her confession and he helped her. As you know, he could read souls. There was something she wasn't confessing and he helped her. He helped her to confess her hidden abortion. And then he told her, Mama, she said, yes. The baby you aborted was destined by God to be our Pope. Hmm. that's what Padre Pio told to this woman. We ask God, please, 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 God, through Mary's intercession, stop the abortions. 
bring honesty to our nation and bring a new love for life and a new love for Jesus Christ, our Savior. Oh, amen. Amen. Father Tony, do you have any any last words? We've got a few minutes left. Maybe you can close us with a with a prayer. That would be wonderful. Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for all of your blessings to us. Uh, Heavenly Father, on this beautiful day. Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour out your blessing upon the elections happening in Georgia at this very moment. Please help us, Heavenly Father. We want the best possible outcome for the sake of unborn children and for other important realities. Help us, Heavenly Father. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon this country, Heavenly Father, which is in dire need and needs your help very greatly. We ask that mercy through the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, have mercy on us, Heavenly Father, so that we can vote well this day and so that the best outcome can be achieved. And Heavenly Father, we also pray, as my as Father Jim was saying earlier, we pray in a special way for all young people. Um, please, Heavenly Father, we ask your mercy upon our, the youth of this country and the world. As my brother said, they've suffered enormously, Heavenly Father, as you know, as we all know, so badly, Heavenly Father. We ask you to have mercy upon them through the blood of Jesus. Help these young people, Heavenly Father, to find you, to love you, and to be with you forever. And Blessed Mother, we ask your prayers for all of us this day. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Neumann, pray for us. All you saints and angels, pray for us. May Almighty God bless you all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, fathers. Unfortunately, our hour is coming to a close, and we're so thankful to have Father Jim Blunt and Father Tony Blunt on with us today. You can catch this episode later on today or tomorrow at thequestatlanta.com or on our app. Thank you for listening this afternoon. Be sure to stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next. Thank you for listening to this special encore presentation of Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. For more Heaven's Light, join us here on The Quest Atlanta at 2 p.m. every Tuesday. We now rejoin Cresta in the Afternoon, already in progress.